0: Island Church in Galveston, Texas, welcomes you to our podcast. Be encouraged by Pastor Rusty Martin as he teaches the Word of God. If you're a business owner, remain standing. If you own a business, remain standing. Praise God. Now look at all the business owners. are not they good? Praise God. Now, by the Holy Ghost, it's going to be a different year. It's going to be a unique year. Now there's going to be opportunities that are going to arise, but you're going to have to seize them when they do. It's not a year for hesitation it's not a year for speculation when the door opens go through it because your doors will open this year don't hesitate because there's others waiting in the wings don't hesitate go right through those doors be careful watch your money closely watch it very closely claim the blessing of god now listen this may sound kind of weird but we're doing this for island church now listen here at island church and actually with Rusty Martin Ministries also, we hired the best account we could find. I mean, someone that takes care of Second Baptist, big churches. And we've been with them, how long? 30, over 30 something years now. So, we produce volumes of information about where our money comes from, which is not much, but where it goes. So all of this has been documented all of our lives. We account for every dime, for every penny that comes into this ministry. Now listen, because of that, there is no reason that we should be audited. Just because we were chosen or picked out of a hat or something? No. No reason. No reason for the church to be audited. No reason for the church to be examined. So we just pray, Lord, hide us. We answer to a higher power than the IRS or the U.S. government. You say, who is that? God Almighty. He watches over our finances. Claim the same for your business. If you're not doing any monkey business, good. That means you can claim it. But if you're doing any monkey business, quit doing it. Because they're going to find you, they're going to catch you, and they're going to cost you a bunch of money when you don't need to lose that money. This year for you, if you will stand in faith, will be a breakthrough year for you. And this time next year, many will wonder why you didn't go under, why they did, and why you didn't. Because they'll see the hand of God's upon your business. Now, Father, I pray over all these businesses. Now, Lord, you said specifically there would be grace on 2023 to start projects. Hallelujah. To initiate change. So, Father, first of all, we thank you that these men and women have these businesses. You've given them to them. They're your businesses, Lord. And Father, we thank you this morning that that grace of protection is over these businesses. We declare no evil befalls them. No plague comes nigh them. And we declare a financial prosperity that will amaze the world and the world system. It will be so profound it will open the door to share Jesus with every person that sees him hide us Lord Lord we obey your word and we answer to a higher power than our government so we do everything in our power to stay squeaky clean so Lord we don't have to go through undue examinations because of who we are and what we believe hide us Lord Father where we make mistakes we declare your mercy we declare your mercy is new every morning And I thank you, Father, in this month, January, the momentum begins. Oh, hallelujah. That's a word from God right there. The momentum begins in January and carries itself out through the entire year. Now, Father, we thank you for that. We call these businesses blessed. And, Father, we thank you for new revenue streams and new businesses rising up in these last days. So that God's people could be blessed. In Jesus' name. And everyone agrees, says? Amen, amen. God bless you. Thank God we made it through 23, but I mean through 22, but uh, 23, I'm excited about, not because of what I see in the world, but because of what I see in the Word. So get your eyes off the world, get your eyes on the Word, and you'll get happy. Amen. Praise God. Acts chapter 3. Now, before I go to Acts chapter 3, let me read a scripture here. Kind of what I would call our jumping off Scripture or our Scripture that we, we're using to emphasize what we're teaching. It says that your faith, this is in verse, uh, well, let me go back and read it from the beginning. This is in verse 3, 1 uh, Corinthians chapter You don't have to turn to go to Acts 3. I'll read this real quick and then I'll go there. It says, I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. My speech, my preaching was not with enticing words of man wisdom, but in demonstrations of the Spirit and power. Now let me just say this. We must have demonstrations of the Spirit and of power. Amen. Amen. I don't know if you were here Friday night, but that was such a beautiful demonstration of the Spirit. I don't even know how that happened. I mean, I I gave an altar call for some people. The Lord said, come up and and pray over them. So I was just planning to go down and just pray for people. And man, that that powerful prophetic flow that I haven't seen in several years began. Now notice what it says. It says that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Now, let me just say something, and, and, and I, I don't know, just the way it is. They've built some huge churches on the wisdom of men. I mean, they have built some huge, mega corporate churches on the wisdom of men. Amen? I mean, how many, how many times do you, you know, go through the different places and people are advertising the power of God? But you know, Paul said, I came with much fear and trembling. Understand the background of that. Every place he went, he got beat up. <laughs> I mean, how'd you like to have a job? Wherever you went, you got beat up. Well, that's what happened to him. He was stoned, beat with rods, thrown in the ocean. I mean, he had all kinds of, all kinds of uh, 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 opposition coming against him. So he came to Corinth and he's kind of what we call snake bit. He's kind of like, well, you know, I don't know if I want to preach to anybody or not. Seems like every time I do, I I just get the tar beat out of me. And so he came with much fear and trembling because of that. But we know because of Acts chapter chapter 18 that God appeared before him in a a vision and said, don't be afraid. He said, I have much people in this place. Did you know that's the point in which Paul was delivered from his thorn in the flesh? Because his thorn in the flesh was not sickness or weak eyes. His thorn in the flesh was the people that opposed the gospel that he preached. And in Corinth, he didn't get beat up. He built a great church. Amen. So he says this. He closes that, or closes that thought, by saying that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Which means, at the end of the day, you shouldn't come away here from here saying, "Oh, oh, Pastor Rusty's such a good preacher. He has such a... No, you should be saying, "God's going to do something about this with His power, with His anointing, with His word. God's going to do something about this, and He's not going to do it because Pastor Rusty said He's going to do it. He's going to do it because He said it. Do it in His word." So we have determined from this God, now listen to this, and I believe this is going to be kind of a keynote for all of us as we continue to proceed through through 2023. God wants us living, abiding, and operating in His power. God does not want powerless believers. God does not want powerless children. God does not want powerless Christians. God wants you empowered. Everybody say empowered. Empowered. Now, you you may not feel very empowered, but our empowerment does not come through feeling. Wish it did. Boy, how would that feel? Every time you prayed in the Holy Ghost an hour, you know, you float around the room three feet off the ground. That'd be pretty cool, wouldn't it? (laughs) But no, no, no. We labor for knowledge. Isn't that amazing? We labor for knowledge because the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ gives us Grace. And grace is the atmosphere in which power operates. You ain't know, you flying those airplanes all. We've flown in airplanes all over the world for years. And they have an atmospheric pressure in that cabin. If you lose that, you die. I mean, they've actually had it. Who was that golfer years ago? Remember he wore his little pants up like that? He was a cool guy, uh, uh, Payne Stewart. You know, he was on an airplane that they lost their, 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 their atmospheric control. Something happened. I think a fuse burned out. Did you know that plane flew for 2,300 miles with the dead people on it? Yeah, they, they, they put a tag of a, 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 a military jet in case it began to get near to a, a populated area. They're going to shoot it down. But it didn't. It went out in the wilderness and crashed. But see, they lost that atmosphere. And see, there's an atmosphere that God produces beginning with righteousness and faith that creates a covering of grace on our lives. And in the covering of that grace, that's where the power of the word works. The power of the name of Jesus works and the power of the Holy Ghost. And God wants the power of the word working in your life, the power of the name of Jesus working in your life and the power of the Holy Ghost working in your life. Active and working. Not just just knowledge of, well, well, we know about that. We know about that. We know about that. No, God wants you to enjoy the benefits of it in its fullness. I believe other generations touched it and tasted it, but they never entered into its fullness. Now, there was a man, you know, that, that, that I believe walked closer to it than many others. That was Brother Kenneth E. Hagin. And one of the things that amazed me, because this was documented and the testimony was told by the individual that it happened to, a man that had diabetes for many years. Brother Hagan invited him to go on a, a driving journey to California to preach some revival meetings. This would have been back in the late 50s. This man said to Brother Hagan on the way out of town, Stop at the druggist so I can get my insulin for the trip. Brother Hagan said, You won't need it. Well, he'd been on insulin for years. Now, he must have had some faith in Brother Hagan for, for Brother Hagan to say, But Brother Hagan said, You won't need it. So he traveled with Brother Hagin for two weeks. And for those two weeks, he ate everything he wanted, every slice of pie, every piece of cake, everything that he wanted, never took a shot of insulin, and for a month after he got back home, never took a shot of insulin. It said it dawned on him, when he got home, I was under the umbrella of Brother Hagin, and Brother Hagin walks in so much authority, diabetes couldn't operate in my body when I was in his presence. Somebody said, that sounds like Jesus. That's exactly what God wants you to do. That's exactly what God wants you to walk in that kind of authority and not just for one man that visited the earth one time you know, for for 86 86 or 87 years and, and built a good Bible school and preached faith and was a prophet. No, no, for every believer in the body of Christ that when your loved ones and relatives come to your house for Thanksgiving all of them that are sick are not sick when they're in your house. Come on, church. Yes. This is the power of the gospel. We believe if our faith is not in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Yes. On a trip to the airport with Brother Oral Roberts, he said this to me. He says, Rusty, he said, it doesn't matter how good you are in the pulpit, how flowery, that's what he uses, that's a strange word, how flowery your words are. He says, if you don't have the power of God, you don't have nothing. He says, you have to have the power of God. And then he shared some things with me that I'll share later. Now, Acts chapter 3. Now, what I, I'm amazed at this because God did not birth the church in doctrine. He birthed the church in power. The doctrine came later. They, 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 they operate, received, operated, and flowed in the Holy Ghost before they knew anything about it. The only thing they knew about it is what Jesus told them that he'd send another comforter. And that this comforter, you know, uh, they understood because he was speaking either in the Aramaic or Hebrew, so it had a sevenfold fold meaning of being, a, of being a, a comforter, a strengthener, a standby, an intercessor, an advocate, uh, a helper, amen. There's seven different things that it talks about what the ministry of the Holy Ghost is all about. But, but, but they received it and really didn't, we didn't even get teaching on it until Paul came on the scene years later. The next doctrine the church was birthed in, power doctrine, was the power of the name of Jesus. And we didn't have teaching on the name of Jesus and its power in that new covenant until Paul wrote letters to the church except for what Jesus told us in the Gospels. And all he really told us in the Gospels, he says, well, there's two ways to use my name. He says, first of all, use my name to run off the devil." He says, you don't have to ask me, you don't have to ask the Father. Tell the devil, get out of my life in Jesus' name, and he'll have to obey you. Whatever you ask, whatever you demand in my name, I'm going to do it. So the devil can't say no to Jesus. He can't say no to you. I said he can't say no to you. I said he can't say no to you. Listen, when you rebuke a a, a symptom and it stays, that's a no. You need to say, no, I'm not receiving that. See, we don't understand many times how strong our resistance needs to be. But to the extent that the enemy attacks you, you've got to come back and attack him, reestablishing your victory and make him in a, making him understand, you can't attack me in this area again because I'm going to beat your brains out every time. So God's given us power, power in the Word, power in the name of Jesus, power in the whole. Three, a three, how would you say that? A three-stranded river of power flowing into your life. Whoa! And sometimes we feel so powerless because we don't realize if we felt, you know, if we felt that power, it'd probably melt us. That's why God's going to give us a glorified body. So you can handle two things. Did you know that? Oh, that's a good study. Go study it. God's given you a glorified body actually for three reasons if you do it doctrinally, Number one, your eternal life. Your eternal life. You'll have a glorified body forever for, for eternal life. Amen? Secondly, so that you can handle the power of God that He wants to deposit in the church in the millennial reign. That's secondly, excuse me. Thirdly, did you know the third reason? So you can stand in the presence of God. So you can stand in His presence and worship Him. You can't do that in this body. Amen? So thank, thank God for a glorified body. How do we get off on that? But anyway... Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 3, the establishing of the church. Now, it's so plain. I mean, you just have to work at it to explain it away, you know, rationally or, or get, the, get the human mind involved in. But if you notice the two things Christianity has armed itself with in the last hundred years as there has been a move of God in the past hundred, 120, hundred, actually, probably about 180 years in which there's been power moves. Everybody say power moves. Power moves of God. In the midst of those power moves of God, the church in general has talked itself out of the power. I challenge you. Go call. Go call the Baptist church. Go call the Methodist church. Go call. Go Now, they believe in the power of God. Oh, yeah, don't get me wrong. Every church believes in the power of God. But whether that power is available, relevant, accessible, Operative? Well, that's all based on the sovereignty of God. Fooey. Is that a good word? Oh, not. It's not a bad word. Amen. <laughs> Amen. None of us passed away. God still wants His church living, abiding, and flowing in His power. Yeah. And birth the church in what? The two doctrines. How can you be a seminary? president of a huge Bible college or university and look at Acts 2 and 3 and say well we don't do that no more we don't speak in tongues and we don't use the name of Jesus did you know that's what they do because the devil knows Holy Ghost people and people that know about the name of Jesus he can't control them that scares me because that shows you how much control he has over religion can I read this in my Passion Bible let me read it real quick. Let's go through the story. Acts chapter 3 verse 1. One afternoon Peter and John went to the temple for the 3, three o'clock prayer. As they came to the entrance called the beautiful gate, they were captured by the sight of a man crippled from birth being carried, carried in place at the entrance to the temple. He was often brought there to beg for money from those going into, the, into worship. When he noticed Peter and John going into the temple, he begged them for money. Peter and John looking straight into the eyes of the crippled man said, look at us. Expecting a gift, he he readily gave them his attention. Then Peter said, I don't have money, but I'll give you this. By the power of the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, stand up and walk. Peter held out his right hand to the crippled man. As he pulled the man to his feet, suddenly power surged into the crippled crippled feet and ankles. The man jumped up, stood there for a a minute, stunned. And when he began to walk around, as he went into the temple courts with Peter and John, he leapt for joy and shouted praises to God. You know, it's amazing to watch someone healed by the power of God that's, that's crippled. Because many times people that are crippled have a lot of pain. So they're either taking a lot of pain medicine or, or they're hurting or they're in pain. Uh, one particular man that was healed in one of our meetings back when we traveled was, was a cripple that was horribly injured in, a, in an agricultural accident and he was so stunned in his face when he got up from the floor and he was totally healed. But what he was stunned over was this. He, he wasn't stunned that he was healed because he knew Jesus was a healer. He was stunned that he didn't feel anything. He told me later, I talked to him. He said, when I was walking up there, I sensed the presence of God. He said, but then I passed out. That's what he said. You know, he fell. Uh, Leah was with me. He just kind of looked like slow motion, fell his crutches, just kind of fell. And then he was twisted like, like this. And when he, when he hit the floor, he just laid out and then stood up. Never felt nothing. Never felt nothing. Never felt nothing. Who cares? That was done. Now listen to me. Oh, Pastor Rush, you must had a grade. No, 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 no. I was preaching the word. I used to preach for a solid hour every meeting. I preached the word, preached the word, preached the word, preached the word. Amen. And the word did the work. The power, same power, same power right here in Acts chapter 3. The same power in the name of Jesus. Amen. We could go talk about gifts and that, but that's not. No, no, no. Listen, this shows us right here. Acts chapter 3. Three chapters into the move of God in the church. God says, you need the Holy Ghost and you need the power of the name of Jesus. Now notice this. Peter begins to speak to the crowd. How's my time? I'm doing good. It says, when the people saw him jumping up and down and heard him glorifying God, they realized it was the crippled beggar that had passed by in the front of the beautiful gate. Astonishment swept over the crowd, for they were amazed over what had happened to him. Dumbfounded over over what they were witnessing, the crowd ran over to Peter and John, who were standing in the covered walkway called Solomon's Porch. Standing there also, the healed beggar clinging to Peter and John. With the crowd surrounding him, Peter said to all of them, People of Israel, listen to me. Why are you so amazed by this healing? Why do you stare at us? Why Why did... We didn't make this crippled man walk by our own power or authority. The God of our ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, has done this. Now, number one, he gives the credit to God. Now, notice the protocol of the miraculous. I'm going to start getting into some of this stuff I used to teach on the road a lot. You say, why? Because we need the power of God. This is what I call the protocol of the miraculous. A lot of people don't understand the protocol of the miraculous, but for the one that needs the miracle, they need to understand it. But for the people that God wants to use, they need to understand it because we can't have any compromise in us. God used Peter and John because they'd gotten all the compromise. Jesus had risen from the dead. Peter got healed from his mistake. John was ready. They would go to the world of the gospel. And man, I tell you, God was ready to back them up. Same thing's true. God hadn't changed. I said, God hadn't changed. Amen. Now, Peter's up preaching. This is an amazing, amazing point I want you to see this morning. That's we, we're going we're gonna to take several weeks here and study the name of Jesus. When we get through with this, I want faith in that name of Jesus to be on this same level in your life. I mean, if God touches you at the Walmart or at the Sonic or somewhere on the beach or some pl- other place and there's a crippled person, you say, how do you know? You'll know. I said, you'll know. But the reason we don't see that is there's not people available out there. I talked I talk to a pastor one time who was sending his people out into the, into the community to pray for people. Which I, you know, I don't do that because I, th- I don't believe that we're called to pray for people to be healed. We're called to get them saved. Then we'll get them healed. But they were doing this. They felt like the God had called them to do this. But he was talking to me about how difficult it was for them because so many people were not getting healed. He said they had a few good testimonies, but so many people were not getting healed. And I told him, I said, well, you know, if there's a gift working like a gift of healing and something like that, you can do that. But I said, people need the word. They need the word. So this miracle had taken place. Miracle had taken place. So Peter was like, hey, 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 you need to hear about this. You need to hear about why this happened. Because here's the great reality of the name of Jesus. You ready for this? This needs to be tattooed on your spirit. Amen. The name of Jesus. Now are you ready? The name of Jesus takes the place of Jesus being personally present with us. Now we should have faith to that level. I said we should have faith to where if Jesus was standing here ministering this message right now, you'd have the same faith. You say why? Because it's faith in the name. Now notice this, what he does. Peter begins to preach. He has glorified his servant Jesus, the one you denied to Pilate's face when he decided to release him. You insisted that he be crucified. You rejected the one who is holy and righteous and instead begged for a murderer to be released. You killed the Prince of Life, but God raised him from the dead and we stand here as witnesses to that fact. Now listen to this. Faith in Jesus' name has healed this man standing before you. It is faith that comes through believing in Jesus' name that has made this crippled man walk right in front of your eyes. Yeah. Now, right then listen, let's settle it right here. Church, settle it. Because, you know, I, I, can, I can go into this message and teach on the gifts of the Spirit that were in operation there. But that's not relevant. You say, why not? They didn't have information on that. The only thing they knew is that Jesus told them in John chapter 14, anything you demand in my name, and he told them, the works that I do, you shall do also. Therefore, anything you demand in my name, I'm going to do it. So this is the opportunity for God. All scripture is breathed, or given by inspiration of God, for God to do what? Put whatever he wants to in that scripture to help us understand how this works. Are you with me? It's so simple. That's why the intellect of man will not grasp it because man likes problems and equations that only a few can figure out. Once they figure it out, they release it to the people and then they go to the next one. God is not like that. He gives us line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little, there a little, and it's simple truth. Simple truth. No other name given among men whereby they must be saved. Oh, but pastor, we believe that if you're good. No, 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 no. That's not our opinion. That's not what we conclude. That's the truth of the word of God. Amen. The truth of the name of Jesus. No other name given among men. No other name given. And then he said, he said, now if you need to pray to the Father, come in my name. Pray to the Father and he'll do it. So that's all of the information they had. But based on that information, a man laying from his mother's womb was healed and ran into the temple jumping and leaping and praising God. King James says it's his name through faith in his name that has made this man whole. So so what's our problem? Why are we so weak when it comes to the name of Jesus? Because we've not developed the faith. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. So much of this you need to write down and then you need every day to go back and meditate, meditate on the name of Jesus until you build that confidence on the inside of you. When you turn to something say in the name of Jesus, you realize you're not talking in this natural realm. You're talking in the spirit realm. Remember, it's your words that have access to both the natural and the spirit. And when you say that name, Jesus, it resonates in the spirit realm. It resonates in the natural realm. It resonates in the unseen realm in the underworld. And I guarantee you the Bible says every knee. Every disease, every addiction, every mental problem, every negative thing on the earth, God has given us power to overcome. Amen. See, the church believes God has the power. No, God says, I gave you the power. Yes. What are you going to do with it? So this was God's opportunity to do this. Say, well, okay, it's because Peter's an apostle in John. And not just an apostle. These guys are special apostles. Did you know they are? These are the apostles of the Lamb, the eleven that lived through the through the through the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. One didn't, one died, and then the one that was what was it, Matthias? That was that was uh, somebody said, well, that wasn't that wasn't real. It wasn't really Matthias. It was Paul. Yeah, you didn't write the Bible. God did. <laughs> And God put that in there so we'd know that he was the 12th apostle of the land, and He's the one that shared in the ministry, saw the miracles, knew what God was doing. Paul didn't see the miracles. Paul didn't walk with Jesus. Matthias did. So we cleared that up for everybody. Amen. But this was God's opportunity to say, no, it's, it's apostolic authority. And not just apostolic authority, but the apostles of the Lamb. They're the only ones that, that walk in that. No, nobody else, not even the Pope walks in that. No, no, no. It's just, it was the, just the apostles of the Lamb." just the apostolic authority. I heard a story of a man named Smith Wigglesworth. I've made, read many of his books because the, the Bible, uh, the Word of God worked in his life so strongly, they called him the Apostle of Faith. And he was on a ship because back then, he'd come to America and preached several times, so you would have to ride for six weeks on a ship to get here. So they were approaching uh, uh, New York Harbor and a woman was there in a wheelchair that he had seen several times that he had, had he felt a, a divine flow, compassion for. So getting ready to, to, to get off the ship, he went over here, there and said, in the name of Jesus, grabbed her by the hand and jerked her up out of the chair and she fell flat on, the, flat on the ground, flat on the deck. Everybody started looking at him like he was crazy, like he'd committed some crime. So he just took a step over there and untangled the blanket from around her legs. Helped her up and she stood up straight and walked away pushing her wheelchair. Well, that wasn't 2,000 years ago. That man that got healed in our meeting in Buffalo, Texas, that wasn't 2,000 years ago. Others that it, that's not 2,000 years ago. We're not tricking people's minds. This is the same power. Actually, it's the same power that raised Christ from the dead. So if it was apostolic authority, then the Holy Ghost would have said, well, yeah, it's his name. But the only people that can use this name is the apostles of the Lamb. That would have been put right there. How about gifts of the Spirit? Well, sure, certainly there were gifts of the Holy Ghost in operation. A working of a miracle took place. Aren't you with me? And I I say also, uh, just in my study of the Word of God, I think not only a a working of a miracle, but special faith. I mean, you go grab somebody up off the ground been lame from their mother, you better know you're doing something of God. Let me help you with that. Good, thank you, Lord, for reminding. You say, well, well, if I'm walking along And I see somebody in a wheelchair And I think well I'll just pull them up out of the wheelchair If there's any doubt Any doubt It's not God see that special faith so there was special faith in operation and there was also a working of miracles. but God didn't give any emphasis to that We, we didn't know about gifts of the spirit in Acts chapter 3 we didn't know the Holy Ghost provided 12 different unique gifts we didn't know the power of God worked through the Holy Ghost like that yeah we spoke in tongues a few days ago but today all we know is the name of Jesus so there he was Jesus said the works that you do we should do also so in the name of Jesus get up and the guy got up so later on he says not the apostolic authority. It's not the fact that we were with Jesus and there was some kind of contact anointing. Well, they were with Jesus and they handled him and they, they hugged him and, they, and, and that got off. Of, no, 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 no. Listen. His name through faith in his name. Now, that right there, this is what I want to get to this morning. That right, you should have got and run around the church. You say, wow, that qualifies every one of us. That qualifies every one of us to do the works of God, the works of Jesus. Needy people parade across our lives. Day after day, week after week, month after month. And so many times we just let them walk by. Not realize. You know, I pray for every one of them now. I used to not do that. I pray for people all the little... (laughs) I guess people, they either hate me or think I'm crazy. I'm used to that. So we were hunting a couple of years ago and and, uh, uh, my friend's dog fell out and I started having a seizure doc right there on the, on the, on the dog perch of a dog laying there jerking like that. I'm thinking, my. And, and so the, my friends go, my dog, my dog. He saw. And I I did not plan it. I did not think, well, this is what I need to do. I mean, it was like I was standing out of my body watching my, I'm standing there in a camouflage coat and the wind's blowing. I got a gun. And I just reached over and laid my hand on that dog. I said, in the name of Jesus, let him go. And that dog went, whoosh, sat up on that block, <laughs> looked around like, huh. about five minutes later a goose went flying by, fly, boom! I shot it. that dog went out and got it, brought it right back. I looked over at my friend, he goes, "Whoa!" <laughs> I said, "Sorry about that. That just happens sometimes." He goes, "No, don't apologize." <laughs> It's that simple. I'm going to say it again. If the devil is tormenting your mind, it's that simple. If your body is aching, that's, it's that simple. If your finances are in the, in the toilet, it's that simple. Speak the name of Jesus. You have the right. Did you know you bear that name? In the Spirit, that is your name. You bear that name. That's why you get op- opposed. That's why some of you think, why have I gone through what I've gone through? It's because you're getting knowledge in your spirit that's strengthening your faith that's going to cause you to rise to the place in which you step over into that supernatural lifestyle. The devil doesn't want you to do it. He don't want you knowing about the power of the Word, power of the name of Jesus, and the power of the Holy Ghost. But once you do, it will radically change your life. Here's what will happen, and I'll close with this. Too many, Linda, too many Christians are intimidated by the devil. Now, come on, church. I mean, really, really. I mean, I mean, because, see, we relate the most negative things of our life to his activity. And if you've lived enough years, that's pretty intimidating. But he is defeated. I said he is defeated. And Jesus is Lord. And instead of the devil intimidating you, my goal at the end of this series, whenever we end it in February or or March, my goal is that you walk out of here intimidating the devil. Devil? Devil around here somewhere? I call that the Bible school attitude. You say, why? Because you teach about four or five months of of a year in Bible school and that's how your Bible school students are. They're like, devil? Where's the devil? Where's the devil? Prayer meeting? We're going to a prayer meeting? We're going to a Oh, oh yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We're going to Bible study, Bible study. Go to church, go to church. Go to, yeah, go to church, go to Bible study. Yeah. I mean, that's that's you are when you love oh, God. <laughs> Amen. Everybody say His name. Through faith in His name. Say His name. Through faith in His name. Now say this. Say, I will. I will. I will. I will. The first day of 2023 I resolve in my spirit to become a supernatural powerhouse in my generation doesn't matter to me if I'm not a pastor or a preacher I'm a believer I'm a child of God I bear the name of Jesus the power of the word is mine The power of the Holy Ghost is mine. The power of the name of Jesus is mine. And I receive it. Heavenly Father, open my spirit. These next few weeks, let your word register upon my heart in revelation form so that I might be a blessing to others, a problem to the devil, a blessing to people's lives. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Well, give the Lord a shout. Give the Lord a shout. God is so good. You can stand on your feet. Praise the Lord. Now we're back in our church routine. Sunday, uh, Sunday mornings, Wednesday night. Don't forget prayer. Thursday, uh, pastoral prayer. Keep us in prayer this week. We will be out of town doing some filming. Praise God for some projects, projects that we want to to do here in the church. Please be in prayer with us about the the outreaches at Ball High School, our meeting with Brother Daryl, things happening this year. And we will continue to pray over all the jobs and businesses and families of the church, believing God that 2023 is just going to be another breakthrough year of blessing and grace. Amen. Hallelujah. In the Lord good. Father, we worship you this morning. Lord, we've started our year with you. We're going to stay with you. Lord, we want to draw nigh to you. You said you'd draw nigh to us. Father, we pray that this year be a year of harvest. We have one request, we ask it. Give us souls. You said when Zion travails, sons and daughters are birthed into the kingdom of God. Father, we know the day and the hour in which we're living. We know there's a spirit of apostasy upon the earth. In the midst of it, we love you, God. We love you, Lord Jesus. We reverence you, Spirit of God, in us and on us. So, fathers, we leave today. We claim the protection and safety afforded us by the Word of God. Psalms 91. Oh, Lord, you've blessed us. No evil befalls us. No plague comes nigh us. Angels have charge over us. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Thank you, Lord God. Whether we travel on the highways, airways, seaways, railways, or any other way, of traveler transportation you protect us the righteous labor of our hands whether it's manual labor whether it's whether it's labor with our minds our teachers our students our business owners our businesses no accidents no accidents no trauma no terror we bind the evil one the strong man in the area in which we have authority get out of our schools get out of our city We claim this city for Jesus. I said we claim this city in Jesus' name. We thank you, Father, for all that you do. Put a heart of compassion in us. Let us see ourselves as you do, that we might walk as your children upon the earth. Father, we leave today walking in love towards you. We love you so much. We walk in love toward one another. Thank you for the church you've given us. We leave as the ambassadors of Christ you've called us to be. Thank you, Lord, here at Island Church. Covered by the blood. Powered by the word. Anointed by the God Thank you for listening to Island Church's podcast. To find out more information about Island Church in Galveston, Texas, visit our website at islandchurchgalveston.com. Hallelujah.